What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Big One Podcast. I'm here. My I'm new guy. And wow, would you look at look who I got with me? It's B Boy and Baby G. How we doing this I week, boys? Like, uh, I feel like, and I'm so sorry to step on you there, Baby G. Uh, but I could see in your eyes, Boyer, that you were trying to figure out just the timing to try to slide in and get the ideal awkward pause and i slid in there i saw it right out from under you and i think that's a point for me this week new guy wins we'll see what happens next week cool thanks (laughs) all right how y'all doing i'm good hanging in there Uh, hanging in there enjoyed a good weekend of racing Ain't that the truth, brother? Ain't that the truth? You know, I went to Monster Jam this weekend. Uh, wasn't a lot of racing going on there, but I can highly recommend it for anyone that likes racing. You see cars, they do flips. And sometimes the cars are dressed like Scooby-Doo. It's a great time. Isn't part of Monster Jam, though, isn't it actually racing? Like, they have to do an objective. Like, they shoot over cars, and then they like do a lap as quick as they can? Um, Not at this one. Um, oh, okay. The scoring method of it, I really, I really like the scoring method. They would just come out to do like freestyle tricks, and then they would put a URL up on the bill on the on the on the screen, and everyone in the audience would rate it zero to ten. Oh, okay, interesting. So, I've it. only seen it where they do the races, so they go around, they kind of jump a car, Same. do a little mini circuit, mm. and then. At the end, they kind of just start smashing cars and stuff. But all the ones I've been to yeah. for Monster Jam, there's there's like one-on-one duels going on. That would exactly. be cool. And I feel like the top couple are the ones that always get to do the smashing of cars at the end kind of thing. Like yeah. They win the right. I would love to see that. Um, you know, if I haven't said it yet, we're the Big One Podcast. Uh, uh, at Podcast Big One. Email us at podcastbigone at gmail.com. Email me at uh, Applebee's sucks. I thank goodness it is Fridays.com. And uh, we're going to talk about NASCAR. Uh, I've got things to say about Formula One. Uh, and I believe that we've got a sponsor this week, which I'm very excited about. Uh, Baby G and I met up for a tasty, tasty burger. And uh, Baby G, why don't you tell everyone about our sponsor? Yeah, so we got the We Vet Inn in Chicago. So this is a quiet little neighborhood bar in in a Chicago neighborhood. So they have an absolutely Mm -hmm. fantastic burger. Got some fries with it. Washed it down with a cold brewski. They also had Mm -hmm. the Marquette basketball game on, which I am a huge Marquette basketball fan. Uh, Marquette was up huge in the first half. Ended up squeaking it out by two points. So all in. Awesome burger. Awesome sponsorship. So appreciate uh, appreciate you comping those meals. We'll vet in. Beer, beers, buckets, and burgers. Good times. Yeah, good times. I love that smash burger. I went. I tried to go there again after Monster Jam, uh, but their kitchen was closed, so instead I went to Red Hot Ranch, which is the other good smash burger in the northwest part of Chicago. Yeah, I've had that one. It's oof, so good. Hey, next time you come to Chicago, let's get up over there. NASCAR. Sure. NASCAR. We're NASCAR here. Yeah. Well, we had uh, we had three NASCAR races this weekend in Vegas. Oh yeah. Uh, obviously, there were a lot of gambling puns made. Uh, but how was the racing action overall? Truck was a uh, real fun race. Yeah. So it good to me. First 
third of the race was a lot of back and forth, and then let's just jump right to it here. Kyle Busch got out there in front and absolutely dominated. I think he led huge number of laps to, to close it out and, and overall yep. just put in an absolutely insane performance showing the young studs who's boss. Yeah, it was basically just restarts in which Kyle Busch would get challenged by someone, and, and it was nice. I don't know if he was letting folks uh, feel like they could be champions or something, um, but it felt that way. It felt like he was toying with uh, some of the younger folks that were trying to compete with him, and then he would just pull away, and, uh, and yeah, he won by a lot. So um, really felt, again, given that he won the week before um, in Cop, that he was going for the weekend sweep and that he was going to get it. Um, at least on Friday, and then we got to uh, Saturday and didn't feel like that anymore. But, yeah, truck race was fine. I thought the the most interesting part of the truck race was that they were monitoring a situation in which some of the teams hadn't fully arrived at the track yet. They had flight delays and things, and so, like, they ended up getting to the track or getting flying into Vegas and then having to get, like, a police escort straight to the track, and then they were arriving basically around there was a caution in the midway through the the first stage. They were arriving right around then, and then some teams didn't even arrive until after the pit stops for the first stage, which was Whoa. really just meant that like random people from the team that were there had to become pit crew members um, to to make it work. So, did anyone have any particularly bad pit stops? As far as uh, not that I saw, I didn't. I never went back and saw any videos on Twitter or anything. But then again, the truck coverage is always like a little less. They don't run as many cameras or anything, so it's like very possible that. You know, they just took their time, got yeah. the pit stop done, and dealt with it that way. You know, it's like, just don't make a mistake. Just get it done, and yeah. we're five <laughs> yeah. seconds slower. It is what it is, you know? So, One of the interesting things on this truck race, too, was every single time they went three wide, they wrecked. So, in, in my notes, I've just got, <laughs> stop going three wide with, like, ten exclamation points. They're wrecking every there single was time. Definitely, yeah, there was definitely a couple instances of that where, like, like someone got put in the middle and they were just like, that's a bad position to be in. And then, sure enough, that person would, like, spin out or something <laughs> almost immediately. It was pretty comical. Like, yeah. Outside of uh, Kyle Busch, I feel like it, nobody else was going to be ready for that. And those trucks are highly unstable anyway, so it's just not a good position to be in. So, uh, but yeah, that was the truck race. Uh, moving on to Saturday. Xfinity race. Did y'all y'all get to watch that one? I don't think we actually chatted during that one. I was locked into rock climbing for a friend's birthday, so I didn't see a second of racing action on Saturday. Okay, well, everyone shut the fuck up. It's my turn. Bring it home for us. Bring it home um, for us. Can I ask yeah, you a quick so, question about the rock climbing? Yeah. Was there, like, a birthday cake at the top of one of the routes that you had? To, like, did good. you have to get up to the top to get a slice? Or? I, I wish. We unfortunately had to wait to get to the restaurant mm. for the birthday cake. So the, the, it was oh. self-motivation, self-starting oh. to get to the top. Yeah, no fun. That's All why right, I'm please. a new guy. Don't climb walls. Lecture us on uh, the Xfinity race, B-Boy. Sure. Yeah. Well, it, actually, I don't have a whole lot to say besides the fact that it was really good racing. I mean, um, throughout you know, we started seeing this last year, the Xfinity race or the Xfinity product right now might be the best product in the NASCAR stable of racing. And it definitely showed out in Vegas. Um, a lot of guys coming and going, a lot, a lot of tire fall off, which is again, very good for that, that, you know, you get out to a good lead and then your car kind of gives way a bit. And guys that have been conserving a little bit are able to make runs and, and make up time the longer the run goes on. And a lot of gambling then because of, because of that in terms of, uh, strategy with two tires and stuff like that so um at the end though chandler smith talking about comers and goers was way out there he was way out in the lead it looked like 
the day before where Kyle Busch ran away with it. It really looked like Chandler Smith was going to run away with it. Um, and then Austin Hill and Allgaier just kept chipping away at that lead, kept chipping away at that lead. And sure enough, on the white flag lap, they caught him, passed him, and he actually finished third. And Austin Hill won, um, which was kind of kind of crazy. It was a really good finish to uh, to exactly why the Xfinity product is so good right now. So I should go watch replays. You should. That 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 one was really good. Um, but let's move to Cup, where y'all might have an opinion or something to say. Um, Tell first me about off, this I wanted to make qualifying format. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment on the qualifying format. They've been using this for a while now, but I really like the way that they used to do it back in the '90s and 2000s and stuff. It was every person goes out there, they run two laps, and then they're you know they can run up to two laps, and then they're done, and the next person goes out, and they just do it all straight, and whoever has the fastest lap is on the pole. I like the you know top ten or, or or whatever now get to go to the second round, more of an F1 type of style, but I also really like that they break it up. And they do like the first half of the field or 18 drivers go in the top five out of that group get to make that final 10. And then they do a second heat with the other 18 drivers. And it's randomly uh, it's, it's based on uh, uh, metrics and stuff as to like which group you'll be in. But basically randomly assigned as to which group you might have to qualify in. And the reason it really mattered here specifically for Vegas was because of the weather. There was a lot of shade that came over the track for the second group but that wasn't there for the first group. And then the wind kept shifting and the wind would maybe power you down the backstretch and then upset your car in the turn, or maybe it would die down perfectly on your lap or whatever. There were guys that had a whole three tenths of a second change between the first run and their second run to go for the pole just because the wind had shifted. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really why this qualifying format is good is because it doesn't mean that just because you qualify last or you qualify first, you have a distinct and, and traumatic advantage. Um, uh, you know, you kind of qualify with the 10 or 18 people that you're with and means you're going to qualify relatively close uh, to the same conditions, which is good. Interesting. I, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's a nuance that's oftentimes overlooked and I think a good one to consider for sure. Yeah. The, the weather just can so dramatically affect, uh, the cars, especially at mile and a half and stuff like that. So yeah. cool. Um, what notes did you all Stage have on one that? was a bit of a comedy of errors, so we've got a bunch of errors on pit road. So Noah Gregson was speeding coming onto pit road. Two, Ty Gibbs, too many men over the wall. Michael McDowell speeding. Then I've got everybody speeding. Like I think there were three or four people that were speeding either going on or off pit road at the uh, kind of the stage one pits. Um, Kyle Busch early had some issues. Sounded like it might have been a toe link, but then he recovered. Um, all in all first stage was kind of just chaotic and William Byron came came through with the stage one win yeah yeah uh William Byron wins stage one stage two and then the race in the end um but it even though he had the fastest car all day it didn't feel like he was always the dominating factor like in between the stages or in the stages it looked like other folks could get up there um but yeah Byron definitely uh, uh for the most part dominated the race Man, this honestly, the the Hendrick one two three makes uh, Chase Elliott's snowboarding injury even more interesting here because mm-hmm. if they get one two three, if Elliott's in this race, I think I think Hendrick it's gets one two, one, two three, three, four. four. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think they. Speak. Yeah, and I although I will say, um, so Josh Berry obviously was filling in for Chase Elliott. And we should we're going to get to the storyline a bit more in a second. It's no longer like breaking news, so we can kind of wait. Um, but. 
Josh Berry did have uh, some kind of a throttle sticking issue, um, which kind of prevented him from finishing as well as maybe he could have. I don't think he would have finished fourth or top four anyway. Um, it's hard to jump into a cup car if your your experience is in Xfinity and for the first time out just perform, even if the car is really good. Uh, so, But he did have an issue, and so it's possible that Chase would have been in there having the same issue. So, but, uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, the only other call that I had was that Bubba finished fourth, and I was happy about it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Joey yeah. uh, wrecked going three wide at the uh, on the front stretch at the start of the third stage, and I was happy about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was not. That was, that was yeah. one of my picks for the week, so that really set me back Sorry. for the week on my picks. But hey, damn. Uh, it must suck to suck. I wouldn't know. It probably does. Takes a little. Yeah. Takes a little ride through the ball field, as uh, like Joyce said, through the grass, uh, and it is day. So that was unfortunate for my picks. But what are you gonna do? It's a long season. Uh, one of the things yeah. I wanted to call out was Danica Patrick. I thought she was absolutely fantastic in the booth. Um, I haven't heard her a whole lot on the calls in, in years past, and I thought she did a really nice job of. Uh, first stage a little bit, some of the Boyer and Mike Joy were kind of stepping on her commentary a lot, and someone in production oh, yeah. must have said, hey guys, when she's talking, just let her finish her thought, because she was giving some real real solid insight and in, 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 in analysis, so I, I liked her in the booth quite a bit. Yeah, I think she, so the one biggest complaint that people had about her last year, because I thought she did a good job when she was in last year, is that she talked about F1, or not F1, IndyCar a bit too much. Um I personally like that perspective from time to time to hear how, especially if it's a track where IndyCars did race, like how they're slightly different. Like I find that to be interesting, especially when the race is getting strung out a little bit. Let's let's go to some interesting topics, you know. Um, but I totally agreed. Like basically, when Clint Boyer wasn't being a dick or Mike Joy wasn't trying to inter, inter, interrupt her with some some kind of thing, um, she was really good. Um, it felt weird though. It felt like there was tension in the booth for some reason. Um, couldn't really place my finger. Sexual on it. tension, it did, perhaps. It did feel a little weird. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it didn't feel great. Um, and yeah, but I, I think that she is mostly on the the Boyer and potentially Joy side more than her. But then again, maybe she's just calling them dicks to their faces after right, when they go to commercial or something. Who knows? <laughs> that I would pay um, to see. That sounds weird. Yeah, yeah. I want the the outtakes for sure. Um, cool. Anything else to kind of really recap Las Vegas weekend? Yeah. It was good. It was good weekend racing. Uh, I was I was very happy. I mean, mile and a half were good last year. It makes sense that they're good again. So, yeah. um, moving we right along. Yeah, big big storyline obviously of the week or weekend. I guess it came out on Friday. Is that uh, Chase Elliott had a snowboarding injury, not a snowmobiling mm-hmm. injury, as Mike Joy said during the broadcast. Um, but he's gonna be a sideline for a little while. Um, I was at Denver. I had nothing to do with this. I'm I was sure. snowboarding in Denver, but I promise you, uh, I had nothing pulled a Tanya to Harding. do with this. Yeah. She didn't have anything to do with that technically uh, either. She just hired the people to do it. So. Man, I would happily Tanya Harding someone if Sufjan Stevens would write a song about me 40 years later. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason to do Let's it for go. sure. <laughs> um, that's the reason she did it. For sure. um, yeah, so well, I read today maybe six weeks of an injury. Um, Oof. That's pretty. That's actually pretty good, considering the fact that he had a compound fracture in his tibia, which yeah. means the Jesus bone was Christ. out. Um, and yeah, it's brutal. I mean, anytime when when he first got hurt, I know I texted y'all and was like, "So yeah, he's going to need surgery." That's the extent that we know. But when they go, he goes into surgery tonight. It was like, no, that's big. That's that's not ACL tear. That's bone is out. 
or bone is severely broken kind of thing. So, Ugh. yeah, he's in he's in PT now, personal training or uh, physical therapy. I mean, yeah, Escar did grant a waiver though, so he is still going to be able to qualify for the playoffs. So that's that's the one interesting thing. There's been some discussion if are we going to allow waivers for non-racing injuries, something like this, and and is that something that uh, should continue going forward? That was a big discussion point throughout the week and weekend. Well, pause that. That's not, that's that's what's going to be my rapid fire. So hold hold on. Whoa. All right, well, hang tight. We'll Spoilies. we'll table that one and put it in the parking lot. Spoiler okay. alert for sure. I've got. But uh, I did. I do. I mean, I, look forward to this. I think the things to to say about this, um, or the things that annoyed me, I guess, about this is that a lot of people online were like, well, he could have gotten like trying to defend Chase Elliott. Obviously, we're trying to say like, oh, he could have gotten hurt tripping on the sidewalk. Sure, but. God, his that. chances of tripping on the sidewalk and hurting himself are so way less crazy. than snowboarding, it's which so is one crazy. of the more dangerous things you can do. Yeah. Um, not to say that I disagree with uh, or, or think that he shouldn't be snowboarding. I think that is a perfectly fine thing to do, especially given the fact that he lived in Colorado when he was younger and did it growing up. He's probably a pretty good snowboarder. Could have been someone else cutting him off on a route or something that got him hurt. You know, you never know. Um, shit happens, and I think you just got to deal with it. Yeah. Oh God. That that style of argument is so dumb. Uh, <laughs> it's so dumb. Like, don't you? It is. Oh my God. Anyway. Uh, yeah. You know, I think like for the for this for the snowboarding thing, like, I think definitely it's cool that he's allowed to snowboard. I think if he was like snowboarding but going like terrain park doing six ten six ten eighties backside twist. McFlurries, uh, or like if he was tree snowboarding, like you know, I think that there are responsible limits to the extent of danger and the multipliers to danger that you add on when you're uh, doing that sort of thing. When like you're a competitive athlete, but you know, I'm also not. I I think I simultaneously, if he's going that over the top, I simultaneously think. That's irresponsible. And also, I mean, whatever. Like, it sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I, I I, don't personally have an issue with him snowboarding and don't have an issue with the, the waiver, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, cool. Spoilers. Uh, something about Chicago Street Race, right? Baby G, you, you broke this news to me. I yeah, Chicago Street thing. Course Races got their names. So these are, these are pretty interesting to me. Grant park 220 for the cup series and then we've got the whoop 121 for xfinity so interesting that there's no paid sponsor it doesn't seem like they're kind of just going with chicago themed race names so what do you guys think of uh grant park That's 220 cool. whoop 121 it's cute uh <laughs> yeah. i would love it if like portillo's sponsored it or they called it like the deep dish 121 the malort 121 the Bill- billy goat tavern oh. 121 the Malort 220? God dang. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. For those, I just to explain, because we're all like in and around the Chicago area or have been in our lives, Grant Park is the park in which they're mostly racing through. Mm-hmm. And the loop is that, that area or that borough or neighborhood or however you want to call it of Chicago that they're racing through. So, like, they're both just named for the area that they're in, basically. So, just want to get that out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Uh... It's cute. You know, I can see how it seems like a corporate effort to try to endear themselves to a city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I it's fine. 
I think yeah, it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty milk toast. I'm cool with it. Not really much to say about it, but thought it was interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. I like the term milk toast. That's a good one. Thank you. Um, the milk toast one twenty one. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I, 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 I've just got an affection for like over the top NASCAR race names. The big machine vodka four hundred. That's a good at one. At the yeah. brickyard or some sh- like. The beef yeah. it's what's for dinner. God. Oh my god. The Super Al's beef it's what's for dinner would also <laughs> that be would have been Ooh, very money. Come on. Oh, primo. Primo. Come on. We're much better at getting sponsors than they are, though, clearly. I, I mean, we have a different agree. sponsor every week, so. Yeah. Yeah. The Liberal Agenda 220. Come on. <laughs> it's right in front of you, NASCAR. Uh. Um. This is news to me. I don't know who put this in there, but whoever did, you should break this storyline, at least to me. Anyway. The Iceman returns, so he's going to be driving uh, Coda for Trackhouse Racing. That just came out today. Um, super exciting. Awesome to see the Iceman coming back to NASCAR. It sounded like he had a fun time last year and running it back. Yeah, I like to see it. I hope he doesn't wreck out this year. That's that's my only thing to say about this. Really, is I I like that guy's gonna potentially get a top Dude, ten, which is gonna be dope. Can you guess where Kimi Raikkonen's final F one win was? Was it Coda? Oh yeah, sick, it? it's sick. meant to be the twenty eighteen wow. American Grand Prix. Kimi Raikkonen wins. That's really cool. It's meant that to is be. really really cool. Wow. Yeah, that's very All right, exciting. Well, a lot of storylines. A lot of storylines there. Nice. Uh, any other storylines from around the sport we want to cover? Shaking heads. Shaking heads. Uh, Good. I think because this we brings got... us cleanly into F1, talking about that the does. Iceman. Let's talk about the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, Brian, what did you think of it? I thought it was boring. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know you were going to break this thing down for like the rest of the time. Um, I'm just going to get out of the way and say that I woke up early to watch it. I live on the West Coast, so that yeah, that's how I have to watch every F1 race. And, uh, yeah, I woke up early to watch something that uh, mm-hmm. Max Verstappen won by a good, like, 18 seconds, and his teammate won by another 27 seconds over everyone else. So, oh yeah, yeah, that part was super boring, but I agree with most of these other points that you have on here being at least somewhat interesting, so I'll let you break them down. Yeah, I think that uh, – I think F1 – the biggest problem with F1 is that you know who's going to win the race, pretty much. Yeah. Most of the years. Definitely now. Two years ago, what a golden era. We didn't necessarily oh, know. It was amazing. These days, we know. Max is going to win. But I think the thing is, like, good, in my mind, well, I guess all the time that I've been watching F1, it's only been there's one guy who's going to win. It's always basically been Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen. And I like... Well, I, I've just gotten Stockholm syndromed into uh, accepting that someone's going to win and then enjoying everything else. Yeah. Uh, I also did watch it with a large group of people, which I would highly recommend. It's I was thinking about it, and it's a lot like The Bachelor. It's like going to Bachelor. Like watching The Bachelor on your own is going to be way less fun than having some drinks and watching it with a bunch of other people. Like I would go to a Bachelor watch party. I wouldn't watch it on your own. For sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And and what a great comparison since F1 is mostly about the drama it's of it more than it is about the actual sporting event in and of itself. So. Soap opera. 
It's incredible. I know. Like, I texted my friend saying, hey, I think I like Lance Stroll now. Because despite him being, like, a rich boy billionaire son, he shattered his wrist in a biking accident two weeks before the race. Did intensive physical therapy. Was apparently working, like, 10 or 12 hours a day to get his wrist to the point that he was able to drive. And he got sixth fucking place in this F1 race. The Aston Martins were really, really fast. Uh, yeah. There was Do you a, think uh, Chase, oh. Chase Elliott could have came back from that injury in that amount of time? I mean, honestly, this makes him breaking his leg make him look like a fucking baby. Like, <laughs> come on, Chase. Just walk <laughs> it off, bro. Uh, yeah. Lance Stroll should write him like a bunch of really backhanded uh, get well soon cards, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what else? So, okay. Just... Out front, my one of my favorite things that happened was that uh, Esteban Ocon, who's a really really sweet, he's like one of the few drivers who's not from a rich background, and he's 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 just a sweet guy. But man, he got fucked this race. He lined up improperly, like just barely at his line at the start, which then gave him a penalty. When he went into pit stop, you have to serve your time penalty before they start working on your car. He goes into for his pit stop. He has to serve a five or ten second time penalty. Immediately, his mechanics start working on his car. He drives out. <laughs> boom. Another penalty. Ten yep. seconds. He has to go back to pit lane one more time. He fucks up hitting the speed limiter. Or the speed limiter is misconfigured. One of the two. And then, boom, right after he comes out, another five second time penalty. He ends up retiring early. Uh, and so man, what, what you're telling hilarious. me... Is that he's the Noah Gregson of F one? Noah, I think, had four. In, in he he would he got caught speeding and then got caught speeding coming down to service penalty yep. for speeding. That's what I was talking about. And earlier I think he did that a, a second time. There's um, something so just, funny about it, honestly. Yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then the really big storyline I think of this race was Fernando Alonso. Um, he, he, he's a storied driver who like retired from F1 for a couple of years, but he's won, I think two championships. He was like duking it out with, uh, Hamilton back in the day. He was racing alongside Schumacher. Like this is a, a legend in the sport. So he was on, Ooh, I forget which team last year, but had made mad beef with the team and was just talking all kinds of shit. He went over to Aston Martin this year. They have a good car. He's a good driver. And he gained, I believe, it was either four, three or four spots to end up taking third place. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just like, you know, it, it seemed to me like a classic example of, I think that the car is better on the tires than the Mercedes and some and, and the Ferrari. But he was all, he's also just such an experienced driver that he knows how to take care of those tires Mm-hmm. He had fantastic battles with Russell and Hamilton for a few laps, each of them battling corner after corner uh, and was able to overtake both of them, overtook Botas, and then, yeah, outdrove signs and was able to overtake signs. This is his debut race for Aston Martin, and he finished in third place, which is incredible. Which, granted, I don't think he would have gotten the podium if Leclerc didn't retire, but otherwise, yeah, I, I totally agree. He had a really great race. Yeah, it would have been very interesting to see. God, I wish, I really wish Leclerc, so Leclerc uh, retired at lap 41 with engine issues. It would have been very interesting to see. I forget how far ahead Leclerc was of signs. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
It was a, it was only like five or six seconds. He was he wasn't that far out. Yeah, it would have been a been type close. of thing that would come down to one of the last laps. Um, For sure, but I think signs would have tried to hold him up a little bit more. So yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm with yeah. you. Um, never know how that would have turned out. Anything else you want to call out about this besides uh, Max going to be winning every race? Yeah, no, I think, well, McLaren sucks this year. They're aware of it. And I legitimately think that Max Verstappen is going to win every single race that he finishes this year. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing is it, that he finishes. So if he finishes every race, he will win every race. Yeah. So. Yeah, people need to start taking that dude out. Um, the yeah. whole rest of the paddock Let's needs go. to like line up and be like, it's your week this week. You know, you're starting up front. That's I where will is. offer free sponsorship of the it, of this podcast. Anyone that takes out Max Verstappen is the sponsor of this podcast for free. I'll cover this. <laughs> My biggest worry about this season, just, you know, it's an overreaction to one race, obviously, and uh, Mercedes it's did okay. end up improving their cars last year. You gotta, you gotta overreact after one race. That's being an F one fan. That's being. That's F1 the thing. Yeah. It, I'm just afraid Lewis Hamilton won't ever win again, and it just makes me so sad. Yeah, truly. Um, I know. I want to see that. So. All right, let's get out of this F one. Uh, let's get out of this F one mindset. Bring me back. Yeah, let's home. move over to, to IndyCar. IndyCar started their uh, uh, season at St. Petersburg. It's funny because IndyCar also starts in Florida. Pretty cool race, street course, and everything. Um, but then you don't hear from them for a month. So we'll we'll, we'll talk about them in, a, in another month when they actually race again. Um, but, yeah, the St. Petersburg race was pretty good. Um, it was a crash fest, which, again, sometimes happens in IndyCar, but not too, too much. So it made it a lot more interesting. Um, there was a seven-car accident on the very first lap. Um, multiple times cars went over other cars, you know, crashed into them and shot over them, um, which is uh, wild. Um, the most interesting part, though, was where they got to the final pit stops that uh, uh, Grosjean was running second, had uh, had pitted earlier, and then uh, Scott McLaughlin came out, and as he was on his outlap, uh, he basically came out of the pits directly in front of Grosjean. Grosjean makes a move to the inside, outside? I forget, outside. And then uh, Scott McLaughlin on uh, cold tires just tried to try to outbreak him when he definitely couldn't, and took them both out. Um, I think McLaughlin was able to continue on, but Grosjean was taken out of the race. Would have been Grosjean's first win. Um, they you know became rookies together. I think they had a lot of they have a lot of respect for each other. Um, so it sucks to see it come to that, um, but it still didn't mean the action was over because at that point Pato uh, Pato Award came out and was leading the race all the way until the final two laps where he had some kind of an explosion. I don't know. They tried to describe it, and I couldn't understand what the hell they were saying. Some kind of like an intake explosion, which sucked all the air out of the intake and uh, made him like the car hiccup, and he couldn't get power down coming off one of the corners, and he just lost the race because of that, which I thought was wild. Um, but yeah, there was some commentary too about he may have accidentally hit the pit speed limiter because he had a real bad oversteer and it sounded like he tried to correct it and something about maybe hitting pit speed limiter and just totally powering down and basically screwing himself over. All of a sudden it was like, this guy's going down and he's going like half the speed and Erickson just blows by him and pulls away for the win. Yeah, they said that, but then like, if you hear the car, when you hit the speed limiter, it's the engine still goes like you can hear it when he that happened to him the engine like looked sounded like it shut off it sounded like it wasn't running at all so i feel like the intake issue was probably and that's what the team said too i mean obviously they could be lying but that seems like a more realistic 
uh, explanation for it, even though I've never heard of something like that happening before. So, um, but either way, I, I was glad Marcus Ericsson wins. Um, I like uh, the Swede, and so uh, Indy 500 takes race one, and we'll talk about IndyCar in a long time. So, cool. I think that brings us to race predictions, right? Oh yeah. Moving on. All right. Well. What should we know about these races, Baby G? Going to Phoenix Speedway uh, this upcoming weekend. So we got a, a two NASCAR series. So we've got Xfinity on Saturday at 4.30 for the United Rentals 200, 45 Stage 1, 45 Stage 2, 110 Stage 3. I think it's weird for this one that they actually call it the United Rentals 200, 200 laps, not the mileage in the, uh, the race names. That was interesting. Uh, Cup, we're going green at 3.30 Eastern on Sunday. Uh, United Rentals Work United 500. There's one of your classic multi-word sponsorships. Uh, We got 60 Stage 1, 125 Stage 2, and 127 Stage 3 to get to 500 miles. Friday night, no truck race, but we do have racing. We're going ARCA, the General Tire 150 at 8 o'clock Eastern time. So just, just two NASCAR races and one ARCA on Friday. Wait, one thing I'm a little confused about, Phoenix is a one-mile racetrack, right? So 45, 45, 110 is 200 laps. Oh. also 200 miles. Interesting. But the 500, 60, 125, 127. Is 320, is right? Three, it's 317, yeah. Or, uh, sorry, 312. 312, yeah, sorry, 312. Yeah, so I, I looked this up on the NASCAR TV schedule, and I was like, these don't seem weird, but I'm hey, I'm just reporting what NASCAR gives me. So. Yeah, no. I wonder I'm, if I'm, not audit- I'm not auditing their numbers here. I'm just reporting the news. Wonder, For sure. I wonder if it's 500 kilometers. 312? Yeah, maybe. Um, also, that yeah, that Arca race on Friday. Uh, Frankie Muniz. You know, Ooh. Things to talk about. Yeah. Nice. See how he does when he doesn't just pedal down the whole time. Hell yeah. Yeah. But, uh, be interesting to see. Yeah. Previous winners? Uh, 2022, we've got Briscoe and Logano. 2021, Truex and Larson. And then 2020... Logano and Elliot. Well, at least uh, we know Elliot won't be repeating here. Too true. And that brings us right into our Smart and Heart picks. Let's do a quick Smart and Heart pick update uh, real quick. Uh, so our averages at this point are as follows. I'm in last with an average of 19.17. But I did move towards the average because my average last week was 13.5. I moved, I'm sorry, I moved lower on my average. Um, next up, Baby G is in second place with a 17.33. Um, his average last week was 19, which was the worst of the week. And New Guy had the best average last week and has the best average overall. 11.17 is his average with an average finish of 9.5 last week. So still moving lower. Really pulling away. Pulling away a little whoop. bit here. But, whoop. Um, Impressive start, New added Guy. Added a lot Impressive of... Start. Whoop, whoop. For sure. sure. Three weeks in. I added a lot of other metrics to the sheet, just so you all know. So we've got some other things. Who who you picked the most. Again, who who does the best for you? Who does the worst for you? Who have you picked and has done bad for you? Um, Race winners. um, So, Baby G, you got Kyle Busch. I thought it was interesting, by the way, that you almost won the race and finished last with your two picks last week with Joey Logano and Kyle Larson. Almost almost split the middle, um, as it were. And uh, and then I also have a race worst and uh, who who picked the worst driver of the week, and then also uh, who had the week's best pick and when how did they average? So 
Um, mm. Yeah, a lot of metrics here, a lot of metrics. Yeah. So it'll be fun to break this down later this year. Continuing to uh, spank y'all's booties. Yep, this is what I do when I watch NASCAR. I just like fiddle around on Google Sheets or, <laughs> or like work SQL uh, 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 queries. It's just fun. Um, cool. Well, uh, that brings us to this week's picks. Uh, I go first, I believe, because I'm in last place. That means my heart pick, sorry, smart pick, will be man, this is tough. Let's go with Ross Chastain. Oof. I'm going to jump in for my smart pick on Kevin Harvick. Ford is going to be bringing it home this uh, week. Oops, I put 29 for Harvick. That's been a while. Uh, what do we got? Mm. <laughs> My smart pick this week is going to be Alexander Bowman. Ooh, the Bowmanator. All right, that brings me to my heart pick. Heart picks, reminder, have to be outside the top 10 in points. Obviously, that gets a little harder as we get further into the season. Um, I'm going to go with... Outside the top 10? Outside top 10 in points, yeah. Nice. So I'm going to go with Kyle Larson on this one, because I don't think I've picked him yet, actually. Oh, no, I have, but we're going to try him again. I'm going to jump in on Tyler Reddick. Little little teaser for the spoilers. Tyler Reddick all the way down in 34th place, so he needs a big win this week Whoa. to get back up there. Yeah, He finally had a good finish this week, thankfully. Um, but uh, he started in the back and had no qualifying in practice, so uh, the fact that he even finished the race is just a miracle. New guy. Boys, boys, boys. I've got a tough choice here, but... I'm torn between Williamton Byronting or Bubba Wallace. And well, you got to pick one, and we're not going to help you. And I think, um, yikes, yikes, yikes! I think I'm going to go Bubba Bubrick Wallace, the old Bubba old Daryl Wallace, All right? Daryl Daryl Wallace Junior. Junior. Or Bubba Wallace, aka yeah, Bubba Wallace. Um, great. All right, those are our picks. They're in. We'll see how we do. Um. Open for the best. By the way, we didn't really talk about the racing action. I just want to recap real quick. This is our first race with the new package that they have for short tracks and road courses with the 30% less downforce. And the guys that practiced and, and ran or tested this for NASCAR really liked it. And I think they they said that the cars are really, really hard to hold on to. So Ooh. this is a wild card race, in my opinion. I have no clue what the hell is going to happen. Okay. Looking forward to tuning Could in. Could be a lot better. Yeah. So... Great, great stuff. I think that brings us to our next section. And I lost my notes page, so I don't even know where we're going. Oh, rapid fire. <laughs> well done. Snuck it right in there. All right. Well, our first rapid fire question, because it got teed up earlier, is should Chase Elliott get a medical waiver for something that was not racing related? Um. Yeah. Let the boys race. But he... But he wasn't racing. I mean, maybe he was. Maybe he was racing down the hill to win the mountain back from the rich kid that was buying it, or his dad was buying it, you know? Old yeah. ski movie vibes. That would be Who sick. Uh, as long Kinda as he's racing for the good of the people. Um, You know, I think it's cool. I think it's fine. You know, I think uh, it would make the season more lame if he wasn't able to race. And, 
I'm opposed to lame lameness of a season. I'm pro sure. not lameness. Yeah, and it's not like he's like automatically in. You know, if he misses six or eight weeks or something like that, they got rid of the thirty. You have to be in the top thirty in points rule, mm. but he still has to win. Yeah, he has to win or get in the top sixteen in points, and sixteen in points might be really tough given that he's missed that many weeks. So like, he basically just has to win. I'm okay with it if he gets a win and gets in. Fine. There's there's sixteen guys yeah. that get in. If you win a race, you deserve it. I've got no issues with it. I agree. I agree. Um, I really, really, really hope that it doesn't come on the backs of like another Hendrick driver gifting him the win or or pushing him to a win because he's the last one that needs a win of that group to get in. Yeah. But then again, teamwork's part of the sport, so whatever. I'm just being a stick in the mud. Um, no, the I last agree thing, with you. That would be lame, but also yeah. it wouldn't be that lame. Yeah, it makes sense. The last thing that I, I saw some people talk about online, just to talk about real quick, is uh, should there be like a cap in terms of if you do get hurt, and you miss x number of weeks you can't make it anymore like should you have to race a percentage of the season for you to make the playoffs i'm okay with it being like the top 30 like the what do you mean you have to be in the top 30 in points yeah 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 but they got rid of that so that's not a thing anymore i know but if we're proposing rule changes oh okay you want that back is what you're saying yeah yeah i that's better at least then it's based on performance like performance and like yeah. coming back and being consistent then as opposed to just yeah number of races one um it's interesting because like nba has the same sort of thing going on with like mvp and, and awards talk where they're like you got to play a number of games to be considered um is what a lot of people are saying and uh i found it interesting that this same talk kind of came to nascar yeah i'd like well. to see at least 67 percent of the races getting two out of three races at least to be able to be in the playoffs i think it's kind of cheap if you just win one and Sit a whole bunch out. Don't put in the work. Yeah, like there's the 20, guys. there's 26 races. So like, if Man, it was the cap was like you have to run 18 of them, maybe. At the same time, though, like I think it would be fucking cool if, like, for example, Kimi Raikkonen wins a Coda, and then Trackhouse is like, "Guess what, bud? You're coming back for the playoffs. <laughs> we'll see how the ovals go." Like that <laughs> would fucking rule. Only, only I for, also love chaos, yeah. so. Only for past champions of other racing series that aren't NASCAR sanctioned. All That's right. the rule. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we want to go down the, you know, on one hand, I'm pro, like, listen, if we're going to do winning in, let's not half-ass it. Winning in. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, winning uh, in. You can put anyone in the car. To if get we want to go convoluted rules and be like, oh, if you win another series, I'm down either way, honestly. Just yeah. let Kimmy right. win. Basically, let Kimmy win. The moral of the story. Heard it here first. Levitt Burgers. Um, I think that this might segue quite well into one of my questions, if I may. Go for it. Uh, which is, do you prefer purity or entertainment in your racing? I don't know that I understand that question. What is the difference between purity and uh, uh, yeah, integrity? Uh, like gimmicks for entertainment or like the purity of the sport. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, like, like the let's maybe to translate this into a NASCAR specific topic, Please. the get elimination of the stage breaks at road courses, right? That's more of a purity move, right? As opposed to compromising the integrity by breaking up. Those. Yeah, yeah, and I would say even stages are a good example because, like, sure. it. Yeah, it's a gimmick that explicitly just groups everyone back up so that they're racing close to each other again. 
I'm not a big yeah, fan I, of the gimmicks myself them. because the cup race on Sunday at Vegas, it was like, I don't understand why a caution, we didn't really talk about this. I don't understand why a caution came out at the end of that race to go to overtime. Like to me, nothing happened that warranted a caution there. It felt like they just threw a caution out there just to extend their TV coverage and make it quote exciting because it went to overtime per se. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm more of the pure pure racing fan. I think another way I was going to go with this is like the night, ra- night race at Bristol on the dirt. Like to me, that seems like a gimmick, uh, not really pure racing. I don't know if you guys feel the same, but to me, it's like that's just kind of a something to draw people in as, a, as more of a gimmick than a pure integrity of NASCAR. I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. way off base there or not. I think I disagree with the, the Bristol comparison because I actually think like dirt racing is a – uh, that is a pure form. They used to race on sand. That's and true. Like that. This is true. You know. So like, I think I disagree on that part specifically. But, I uh, like, it, it's hard. I like in a lot of ways. I think what they're doing to maybe decimate the integrity of the sport or adding in gimmicks are necessary to survive. Um, not just things that they're doing because they want more fans, but because they need the more fans to to actually make it into the next century. Um, we're at 75 years right now. I can't tell you that we're going to get past 100. Um, that's personally how I feel about NASCAR in its current state. I think we're like trending upward, but like they got to keep they got to keep doing stuff. I mean, so. with the help of this podcast. Oh yeah, we're bringing all, go, all four to five fans in. How did this? How do the street races fit into this conversation? Though we we spent a little bit of time talking about Chicago street sure. race. Like, what, what, where does that come into play? I don't know. I mean, you know. I, I'm it's not pure. I'm a fan of I think that my opinion on this is I don't mind the gimmicks as long as everyone is aware of what's going to be happening. Like to your to your point, baby clear. G, like it's fucking bullshit when they just throw a flag at the end of the race to manufacture drama. Mm-hmm. Like manufacturing drama would be lame as hell. Uh like but but you know if during f1 races they had sprinklers along the side of the track which is like <laughs> a common joke uh that has been talked about be for fun. years but yeah, if yeah. you knew hey guys guess what sometime between like you know a third of the way through the race and two-thirds of the way through the race there's going to be sprinklers on for five laps deal with it well that's yeah i'm here that's that's the Joker lap rule, right? Yeah. Like, like, like that's a gimmick that has been inserted. Well, and I, into an argument, that is what stage racing is. Mm-hmm. Um, it does bunch the field back up. It does allow the TV to or, or the TV uh, networks to plan their commercials in advance. Like, I personally, I will not. I will argue someone tooth and nail about. I think stages are a good thing. Yeah. I'm okay about them getting rid of them at road courses, but now everyone's going to complain that the road course is a runaway for one driver or another. Mm-hmm. That's my expectation. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you like, as long as it's pre-planned. Um, speaking of that caution, did y'all see the video of Eric? Cause it was for Eric Almarola. Did y'all see him slap the wall? Like his in-car camera, he hits the wall and it's like, it's like two seconds later they throw the caution, but multiple other people had hit the wall like that. All nothing. race long guys were hitting the wall coming off, just kept running yeah. in this one. It's like, Oh, a little bit of Nick throw throw a yellow. Let's yeah. get this thing to OT. I was watching with uh, my brother, and we just both go, what the fuck is this? And we, we literally walked out of the room and started cooking dinner because we're like, I'm over this. That, that race should have been over. There's no reason to go to overtime here. Yeah, to, to the NBA fans here, Scott Foster must have been right on top of that button, ready to hit the caution there. Loves to insert himself at the end of those NBA games. 
Yeah, I wonder if it's just that like the people running the races and calling the cautions don't realize how obvious it is to fans. I everything should be obvious in today's day and age. I mean, unless Fox is covering it because they probably won't have a camera angle of it. But um, otherwise, like, everything is seen. Like even even if you didn't have a good camera angle of it, someone in the crowd probably does. You know, mm-hmm. like everything is seen these days. Everything is super obvious. So. Yeah, I, I didn't really like that at all. But yeah. um, I also wanted Larson to win over Byron because I hate Liberty Classic. University. So, Well, yeah, same. Uh, all right, Baby G, hit us. So we talked a little bit about the Vegas race, super long green flag runs to, to start, got all the way through the first stage, halfway through the second. Um, would, you, would you guys prefer green green flag runs on, on the long side, or do you like to see some cautions bringing the field together? I would say in the Xfinity product, long green flag runs. In the cup product that we just saw at Vegas, cautions. Just the restarts were so good for the cup cars, but then they'd get strung out and it wasn't as good, and the tire fall off wasn't enough for cars to be coming and going. It was really hard to pass. Versus Xfinity, the tire fall off was great. And the longer the green flag run, the more interesting things got. Let me work my second question in here too right away. So my second question is, what do you what do you like watching better right now, truck or not truck, cup or Xfinity? Because I think these can both go together uh, based on what you just said right there. Yeah, I'll let someone else answer first. I got to think about it. Uh, well, I don't watch too much Xfinity these days. So uh... new guy has friends and goes out on Saturdays. Yeah, it's tough for me. I mean, I think I like them both, but like you said, like the the Xfinity when they do get on these long green flag runs, it's like someone will really stretch a lead, but then the tire wear is just so different than in in Cup right now that there is a chance if you stay green that someone's gonna catch you. Whereas I feel like in the Cup, if there's a long green flag run and the guy's got the clean air, the tires just don't ever wear off, and you can kind of just keep hitting your marks and almost run away with the thing if you do have really that fast car that's out front. Yeah, I, I, I also do think it's early on in the season. And we, I mean, look at Charlotte, for instance, last year. Uh, not the Roval, obviously, the, the, the Oval. But the Charlotte race had long green flag runs that were excellent. So it depends on the track. It depends on the time of the year. It's early on. Hendrick and Chevy having speed is honestly not surprising. But the other manufacturers will catch up. And these races will be interesting at these same tracks later on in the year when we come back to uh, Vegas. So my opinion. Cool. Uh, my follow-up question, or my second question for Rapid Fire, is also related to Chase Elliott's snowboarding injury because, as we all know, he wasn't really snowboarding. He definitely broke his leg doing something way more embarrassing than that. My question to you is, what was he doing that he got hurt and they had to lie about how he got mm. hurt? I think he was being an irresponsible rock climber and forgot to go on belay and fell mm. off the rope and broke his leg. Didn't do his checks. I think that uh, he was walking down the street and uh, there were a bunch of hooligans between the ages of 13 and 16 that had skateboards and were telling him, hey, you're lame, you're old, etc., etc." <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm not. Give me that skateboard. And he tried to do a kickflip, fucked up, landed, broke his leg on the curb, just like I did when I was six. Uh, I don't look like. <laughs> well, at least, like, skateboarding is sort of cool. I feel like it would be funny 
it's such a funny like revelation of the story that he actually broke his leg skateboarding and not snowboarding and they had to lie about it that's just ridiculous <laughs> if that's the um, case I, that waiver is done you do not make the playoffs yeah. like that's, <laughs> that's embarrassing yeah now i i you i thought you were about to take mine because mine was going to be he just tripped on the sidewalk and fell like mm. the people that keep using that excuse of like he could have gotten hurt tripping on the sidewalk and Whoa. falling. that's what he actually did um because he's just a clumsy guy so yeah. That's it. That's my rapid fire. Um. All right. Here's my final question. Uh, which driver, past or present, would you want to cook you a smash burger? Ooh, dang. And I got my answer lined up. I got mine. Up. You guys go first. I got to think on this one for a hot minute. All right. I got, I got this. Uh, Tony Stewart. Brother, that's mine. Tony Stewart yeah. all day, every day. I think yeah. that dude does not hold back on seasonings. Uh-huh. I bet he's a grill master, and yeah. I bet that shit is fire. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that he has welded together, much like our old friend and coworker CB. CB. I bet he has welded together a bunch of oil drums to make a smoker slash grill that he can uh, make me some tasty, tasty stuff. Dude, same thought. That's literally what I thought was he has this like giant fucking smoker grill thing that he put together himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally agreed. Yeah, wow. If not Tony team, Stewart, team great vines. Uh, Dick Trickle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. So I'm jumping All on right. Denny Hamlin here, so I've got a little bit of knowledge on a quick Google search. So apparently Denny okay. Hamlin's the co-owner of the Little Big Burger in Cornelius. I don't know where Cornelius is, but hey, man, the guy owns a restaurant. He should probably know how to cook up a burger if his place is called a Little Big Burger. So Hamlin, okay. step up to the plate, right. show me a smash burger, and if it sucks, I'm tipping you zero because you don't know what you're doing owning this restaurant. Yeah. You know, Ham I, is in I his def- name as well. So, wow, I, I definitely would would have answered somewhat differently if we asked like, who do we think is the best cook oh, in yeah. NASCAR, past definitely. and present? But like, when it came to meat, I'm 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 leaning to best me. cook. Something tells Jimmy me Johnson. that Kevin Harvick can make a nice fancy meal. I like can see that, I, I, I could like, see him in a chef's hat, which is important. Yeah, I feel like Kevin Harvick could cook a meal that I could look at and then be like, wow. I could impress a woman if I could cook that meal. Fair. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. I think that brings us to the end of Rapid Fire. <laughs> Which brings us to our favorite segment, maybe? Maybe because it takes us out. I don't know. Ooh. But, uh, Baby G, you want to sing it in? New guy reads the standings. Let's hit him with... I like that the melody is sticking Thank it out. You. <laughs> Let's hit us with those post-Vegas standings, uh, new guy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so starting off in the powerful first place is uh, number one, Ross Chastain with 129 points. Coming up in second, Alex Bowman with 126 points. Following him, we have Kevin Harvick, then Daniel Suarez, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin in sixth, followed by Christopher Bell in seventh with, a hun- with sorry, 94 points, not 194. Kyle Busch in eighth, another number matching the place. Uh, Joey Logano in ninth, Chris Buescher, Brad Keselowski, Ricky, the handsome old Rick Mann, Stenhouse Jr. in 12th place with 86 points, followed by William Byron, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney in 15th, and then tied for 16th with 69 points, Bubba Wallace and Austin Sindrick. Nice. 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 Bubba currently, obviously, it's way too early, but has the tiebreaker there with a higher uh, uh, overall finish. 
Um, Brother, so yeah, I have never seen a group of Zoomers more excited than when I was out snowboarding and there were four kids in front of me, probably like middle school age, who got onto the chairlift and saw that they were in seat number 69. They were screaming. They were hollering. They were so fucking. Let's be serious. That was you, right? Uh, All right. Well, that's been our episode this week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's been a pleasure. Uh, It has. It has. From my from my heart to yours. This is new guy saying bye bye. And this is B boy saying bye bye. Baby G also saying bye bye bye. (laughs) 